With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone! Welcome to Geekly Roundup episode 5. I can't believe we've already made it to 5 episodes of this nonsense. Seriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> as always, we'll begin by introducing ourselves. Uh, I am Mike Fadum. I am the editor-in-chief of the Ace of Geeks podcast. And I am... Well, I was going to say one of the podcast co-hosts, but that's kind of obvious because you're listening to a podcast and I'm on it. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, let's go with our newest uh, co-host for the next introduction, David. Hey, guys. Um, I'm David. You've probably read a few of my articles. Um, you know, if you read the, uh, the swatting article, I'm real happy to be here. Mike brought me in as a temp, but uh, I, hope, I hope to contribute. And Mark, who the hell are you? I am Mark. Um... Basically, I'm the undertaker of this show because I've gone five and zero with no misses so far. So, speaking of, speaking of what, did you remember to introduce everyone last week? I don't remember. <laughs> God damn it, Mark. I think we did. <laughs> I'm just now envisioning our listeners going through the whole episode going, who are these new people? I don't know. We might have. Are we having senior moments? Are we forgetting where we put our car keys? We're just terrible. All right, well, um, why don't we get started with this week? Um, I am going to do what I always do and make Mark go first. Ah, oh, mother son of a... Okay. Um, so I just want to talk about Deadpool. Who loves Deadpool? Anyone? Everyone loves Deadpool. Everyone. I, I think he's pretty badass. I like Deadpool. Um, so on the big, there was a big April Fool's uh, video, but it wasn't actually an April Fool's joke. It was true of uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, being interviewed by, what is his name? Mario Lopez? Slater. Mario Lopez. Slater. Yes. Slater. A.C. Slater from Saved by the Bell. Um, that is his real name. Yeah, that's his real name. That's who he is in my heart. Anyway, <laughs> so he was interviewing Ryan Reynolds, asking him about Deadpool, and uh, basically the whole thing was a giant uh, skit where eventually, well, just go watch it. It's it's well, it's we, good. We, it's we, short. We, we can talk about the fact that Deadpool walked across the screen. Deadpool appeared as yep. big as he was and knocked Mario Lopez the fuck out and called him Slater. Yes, which is what makes and, it perfect. And dropped the f bomb on him to emphatically state that no, this movie will be rated R. Yeah, which I, is interesting. I think it's pretty badass. Yeah, well, I think what was great about it was that the April Fool's joke was that the movie would be rated PG thirteen, and then the yep. video was what was disproving <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. It was a nice little twist. It's my, I, my, it's my favorite kind of April Fool's joke, honestly. The one that says it's an April Fool's joke within the text. <laughs> right. Joke within a joke. Yeah. joke like, so, so Everyone thinking one thing. Yeah. Well, you get so many jokes over April Fool's that are like, you know, like, Firefly is coming back. And then it doesn't say anywhere in the article that it's right. an April Fool's joke. And no, so, like, six it's months just later... just lying my, to people. Right. My brother will share the article with me being like, hey, did you hear Firefly's coming back? And I'm like, no, no, look at the date. Look at the date. Yeah. Look at the date. Sad trombone. But I'm really excited on where they're going with this Deadpool movie so far. Like, the fact that the suit is literally just the suit from the comics with, like, no change is yeah. really exciting. It and... seems like they're doing everything right. Like, they yeah. want it to be, to be uh, like the comic. He's breaking the fourth wall already. I personally don't really care about the rating that much because I don't think... 
Um, I don't think that an American R rating really does that much different than what the comics would do in a PG rating. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can have yeah. a whole bunch of violence in a, in a PG rated film, and no one gives a shit. Maybe he doesn't swear, or you just bleep it out, or something. But overall, it would be kind of funny to have a bleeped Deadpool, especially it probably would. Deadpool would be really angry about being bleeped. <laughs> Honestly, that would actually be a really interesting fourth wall experience where he just pauses the movie. And it's like okay, and he goes on a tirade of a series of like mm-hmm. bleeps. Well, you don't understand a single thing, but he's obviously upset about the fact that he is being bleeped. <laughs> yeah. Um, though, I think the whole, the good thing about the R rating is it allows for the character to come across as it would in the comic book. And admittedly, the comic book can get away with a lot more in terms of language and depiction um, than a film can, especially with the rating systems as they are. And, but I don't think, like, Deadpool is a movie for little kids. It's not. No, definitely. I, you know, Deadpool... Deadpool, you know, glories in the fact that he can decapitate people and stick his sword in people and be mouthy and the whole time and just talk shit the entire time. I mean, the guy likes, you know, bringing little animals with him when he, when he goes on jobs. So I think R is I don't it. know. Little animals, that sounds like a kid's movie. I mean, do the animals sing? <laughs> Disney. Well, these are like little sadist animals that like chew on the, chew on the victims, you know? <laughs> so Rocky like, He brings Rocky? them to de- Basically. Basically. <laughs> See that the funny I thing. Think of a more rabid, aggressive version of rock, of Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> That's what it is. The thing with the, with Deadpool is that in the comics, he's basically like, he's just he's Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes. Walking yeah. <laughs> around in a semi-serious world, right? And that's yeah. that's the absurdity and humor of the situation. Is he's wandering around. If he gets his head blown off, you know, cut to a few panels later, it's sealed. It's it's you know, resembled itself. Yeah, Deadpool exists to be comic book fans' wish fulfillment in a lot of ways. Like that really famous pan- uh, panel where um, one of the Hydra-, Hydra agents says that he really likes the Star Wars prequels and gives the whole bunch of reasons, and then Deadpool just shoots him in the face. <laughs> right <laughs> like and I'm, I think if they go with that same route with the movie where Deadpool is just like movie wish fulfillment like where somebody starts to do like the same cliche you see in every movie and Deadpool just kneecaps him yeah I, I, would, be, exactly. I would be really happy with that and I think that's the direction they need to go <laughs> so you mean like so like the whole Indiana Jones dude's playing with the sword doing all the yes. tricks and right. he just pulls out the gun and shoots him that Deadpool should be that all the time Basically, in yeah. fact, I'm I agree. really hoping the first is. Deadpool trailer is very similar to every other modern trailer. Then it has all the bombs, but then it cuts to Deadpool just making those noises, like just right. standing <laughs> on a rooftop going bomb. Right. <laughs> that's Maybe so yeah. Like that, I, I I completely agree. Like to me, that's and, why the rating oh. doesn't really matter that much because yeah. basically the whole thing just needs to pa- be a parody of action movies and comic action movies. Yeah. Throughout. With, you know, some kind of storyline, hopefully, that kind of ties it all together and doesn't leave it just as a bunch of skits. But, like, really, just as long as you're taking the piss about something, you're probably doing okay. It's definitely got some kind of storyline, because they've got Marina Bacher in it to play um, copycat. So, like, you know, they probably w- wouldn't bother casting other characters if it was just going to be Deadpool screwing around for two hours. <laughs> True. Although you never know. It is Deadpool. It is he, he, he could probably yeah. just uh, be hallucinating the entire time. <laughs> He's just sitting on his couch watching reruns <laughs> of Golden Girls. But Or, you know, it could be him play, sitting on the roof making those noises playing with action figures. It could be that. Could. Or just I mean, two hours of Deadpool sitting on his couch drinking a beer while you hear in the background the sounds of the Deadpool movie playing on his television. 
Oh, that's that's the uh, DVD <laughs> bonus feature. Yes. <laughs> you know, if oh, there's God. if they're genius, and if like Ryan Reynolds happens somehow to be listening to this, what he needs to do is as a DVD bonus feature or Blu-ray bonus feature, or whatever. Um, he needs to record a commentary track of the movie in character as Deadpool, as Deadpool talking yes. about the movie. While drinking beer. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Like, he, has to have a, do it drunk. he has to have a case of Sierra Nevada right next to him. Yeah. Do it drunk or high. It'd be great product <laughs> too. It's like drunk history, but for movie commentary. Exactly. Actually, why isn't drunk movie commentary a thing? Could you imagine getting Coppola wasted and then getting to talk about The Godfather? Like with three bo- with three bottles of his own vintage right next to him, <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. I'd be down. Well, um, Why don't they have that? I wonder. I wonder if uh, if uh, Pacino, not Pacino, uh, who's what's his name? De Niro. De Niro, yes, the, the stutterer, the mumbler. If De Niro drunk would actually speak coherently, more coherent, <laughs> more, maybe. You never know. Are you drinking? Or with the me? mumbling get worse. Are you drinking with me? <laughs> I. I think Don Rickles said it best. You know, De Niro is sitting, standing over there in the corner mumbling. He's done. He's had enough. <laughs> but, you know, who knows? Oh, man. Now I'm, like, imagining, like, get get George Lucas drunk and just get him to talk about how he actually feels about the Star Wars oh, movies. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Two, two hours of, like, I liked these movies, but you fans fucked everything oh, up. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> just get the beard drunk. Your fans and your bitching. <laughs> the beard. I can hear his beard talking. I can't imagine. <laughs> It would be great, though, because, you know, at some point he would just let slip and be like, yeah, I was completely high when we made the first movie. <laughs> it was the 70s. You know, <laughs> I was blasted off my ass. I think there were mushrooms at one point. I don't even remember them. That's why the movies from the 90s suck so bad, because I, I was straight. I wasn't high anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody oh, was high. It. Do you know how high Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford were during the making of those movies? God damn it, people. I couldn't even get Liam Neeson drunk. <laughs> You probably had to get um, Carrie Fisher, mu- give her mushrooms to get her into that freaking gold bikini. Seriously. <laughs> oh, God. Which, event- which inevitably turned into every nerd's wet dream. I don't know why. But I, I have some ideas as to why. Because <laughs> Carrie Fisher. I have some Carrie Fisher in a gold bikini. What, could you, what more could you ask for? That's I mean, basically, yes. You've yes. just encapsulated you could, you could put, it. Yes. That, 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 that's you, definitely yeah. the, the reasoning right there. Yeah, <laughs> we're in an unexpected place right now. We've we've moved somehow from Deadpool to sex, somehow. Which how is so how we did that? Not, how are they not sequitur? I think they are sequitur. Maybe just because anything really, that's a non sequitur really is Deadpool's thought process. Inside, I'm really curious as to the insides of your brain, David. Now that, that to know that now that I know that Deadpool relates to sex in there. Well, no, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, and. <laughs> So I, I, I'm not sure I'm firing on all cylinders, and I still haven't even eat, haven't eaten this morning. So yeah, I, I'm going to be coming from a little weird place right now, but it'll be fun. <laughs> I'm down. This can't help. I'm, I'm just a little bit more hurt. mad than normal right now, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing, and people are going to love it. <laughs> people are going. To, people that's going to be our new tagline for the show. People are going to love it, David Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I've had no sleep. I haven't been fed. If you don't love it, David is going to come to your house and talk to you about Deadpool and sex. That'd <laughs> be mm. just about the strangest thing ever. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> yes, Deadpool's face is kind of a spicy meatball. Yeah, and, and I'd have to be in costume. 
Yeah, I, I would have to be in the Deadpool. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. not a sight that I ever wish to see. <laughs> I uh, uh, but speaking of Deadpool's face being a spicy meatball, not to change the subject for anything. Uh, have you guys seen the uh, the set pics that came out uh, recently? No, not yet. How they uh, they it's pretty hard to see. It just looks like Ryan Reynolds in a hoodie. But if you look closely, you can see that they've done a bunch of um, prosthetic work to his face. So it's not. Quite as ugly as the comics, but they're definitely going with all the crazy burning and scarring on his face, which is cool. Oh, nice. I yeah. need to see these. Where are these? Yes. Why aren't these uh, somewhere I've seen them? Um, because I had a lot of work to do this week. <laughs> I didn't just drop everything on the blog whenever I wanted. Yeah. I'm looking if for I had a, a news uh, team. Too, too busy fighting. Wait, are we moving Greek into invaders? Fiddler on the Roof? Wait, I couldn't hear either of you. I said too busy fighting oh, no. Greek invaders this week. Yes, exactly. The, the yeah. food truck invasion was very difficult to to put down. Um, and as I'm sure you guys know from the staff page, we recently had to uh, exonerate Jarrus through the underground fighting ring that we have underneath our office, which totally exists. You know, honestly, I was kind of bothered by the fact that Jarrus somehow got his hands on that Think Geek nerf nerf A bomb prototype <laughs> and launched it at me from the broom closet. Yeah, it's true, Mike. Seriously, Mike, thank you for throwing that well-timed book so it landed on Ben and didn't hit me or Talon. Because, my God, that could have been a problem. It could, it could have been. Everything could have been a problem. Speaking of giant Nerf bombs, oh, that's not a sequitur. I was trying to relate it back to Deadpool somehow, and I couldn't find a way. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking well, at the cast. These are great. The, the set they did picks. a good job. Yeah, are you, he, looks, are you? he looks bumpy and, and weird. Yeah. He actually and, uh, weirdly he... looks like a... In, in a couple of these, he kind of looks like a pale and blotchy rock for some reason to me. I'm not sure why. That's weird. <laughs> he does kind of look, except for the, uh, you know, not being black part of it. Yeah, well, pale and blotchy. <laughs> That's weird. Are you saying the rock's not pale? No, I... It doesn't matter what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. It doesn't matter what you say, Jabroni. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> this is a great morning. It, it, I've been is... looking forward to this all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. Gina Carano is in the Deadpool movie. What? What? So we're finding There's a set picture of her standing on set. Holy shit! So hang on a minute. Look what we've done. We've Gina Carano is going to kick Deadpool's ass. Oh. I'm going to enjoy every minute of that. She is going to rip his head off, and then he's going to put it back on and get back up. <laughs> Wait, though. Didn't she get her ass beat, though, by Ronda Rousey in the ring? No, she never got in the ring with Ronda Rousey. Oh, wait, no, no, wait, no, that's... I'm sorry, I'm thinking of someone else. That's... That's, a... that's Inara. Sorry. Well, Inara also didn't get her ass kicked by Ronda Rousey. That's true, she didn't. No, but she I, is. Uh, yeah, she is in she the is movie. In the that's movie. true. Yes, I know. Yep, there yeah. is. There's Gina Carano. You're right. Yeah. I didn't know I mean, she's in this. She's probably gonna kick some major ass. She will, and that will be really enjoyable. I, I'm I can't believe this movie is happening. Like, I'm still kind of in a state of disbelief that a Deadpool movie is actually occurring in this day and age. It has to, though. Like, if it was gonna happen. Now like, is the time. You have to have a critical mass of successful other comic book movies going on so that when they put out something that's a complete parody of that, it doesn't just come off as people being like, I don't understand what's happening because I've never watched a comic book movie. Yes. I mean, that and, you know, Deadpool is really the comic book 
is a comic book fanboy's comic book character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he does spoof everything. Yeah. I mean, even when he appears in something serious like X-Force, he's still lampooning it and kind of handing it up and goofing off the whole time. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, I don't know, it's just, it just blows my mind. It's kind of like the feeling that I was getting, although not to the same extent, when I first saw the first Avengers trailer. Like, I just can't believe this right. is actually real. This is real, <laughs> really? This is, this is a thing that's, like, we talked about a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movie for years and years. And now it's actually happening, despite Green Lantern. And despite the whole Wolverine Origins thing. Yeah. Which really should have just put the shit on that thing. That's a weird expression oh. I just may have invented. I don't put know. Put the shit on that thing? I like it. Well, maybe Kaibosh would have been better. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, though if you take Deadpool for who he is, he is kind of a goofball character. His comic books break the fourth wall routinely. So even so, you can kind of ignore what Ryan Reynolds did in the Wolverine, mm-hmm. and just make this Deadpool movie outside of that because it fits within the Deadpool archetype. Honestly, I'm really hoping the beginning of the movie is I want just because you know that Wolverine origin scene at the a bonus scene where Deadpool like Deadpool's head came back to life and he said "shush." I'm really hoping the movie starts there. And, like, Deadpool just walks on the screen and punt kicks the head. Yeah. And then never reference <laughs> it again for the rest of the movie. Just, that's all you get. Just comment on that. Well, I mean, Ryan Reynolds' eyes did open if you, if, like, when they had, like, one of those weird scenes at the end of the Yeah, credits, that's like, what I'm talking about. back up. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, saying, awesome, I'm saying but... start with that scene and then just have Deadpool walk on the screen and punt kick that, just that severed head. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. Just, like, make I'm a down. funny quip about it. Like, oh, there goes that piece of shit. Yeah. And then that's just the opening, and then just the title, Deadpool, and then he's just walking down the street. And you know, maybe have it. Did, did you guys, um, you know, did you guys see the uh, meet the meet the pyro for? Um, yeah, yeah. Deadpool reminds me of like the video they did for Meet the Pyro, where you know, it looks like, in his mind he's shooting bubbles and you know playing right. with like all these goofy animals, and really he's he's setting people on everything fire, murdering people. I I think that would be an interesting title. Like it look, he's wielding lollipops and handing them out to people, and really he's cutting people up. Yeah, I think that'd be an awesome opening sequence. It would be. Uh, if only. I guess we'll wait and see, right? We will. We will yeah. wait and see only like a year or two. It's like yeah, I think next year. Yeah, we should get a trailer by like you know, early next year, and probably the movie sometime late next year. Like. So speaking of things, since we've reached about 20 minutes on this, and it seems like we've said everything that we were going to say other than our, you know, awe at this actually happening. Uh, Speaking of things that are just completely out there and I never thought I'd see in the comic book world. So they're making a spinoff for The Flash and Arrow. They've discussed that repeatedly. They're making this spinoff. When they first announced the cast, the cast was um, characters from Flash and Arrow, some of whom are actually dead right now. I did not know that. Major cast members, and some of them are dead. Um, this week, or last, yeah, this week, they announced that um, the two additional characters to the show will be this woman whose name I can't remember, who's playing Hawk Girl, and uh, Arthur. Ciara Renee. It says Ciara Renee. Thank you, and Arthur Daverell, who you probably know as um, uh, Rory Pond. Rory from Doctor Who. Thank you. Um, who yep. is playing Rip Hunter? Now, for those of you who don't know the DC comics very well, Rip Hunter is sort of the 
gatekeeper of the time stream for DC. He mm-hmm. is in charge of time travelers. He's like a... Uh, his teams usually are like a um, version of like sliders, but traveling through time to fix time problems. So if that's where the spinoff is going, with a bunch of superheroes from all these different shows traveling through time to uh, uh, like solve problems, I am so fucking excited. <laughs> that's I, how I can't imagine what his like what's his role going to be other than that. Yeah, like, like he, he that's all he does. He's time travel guy. Yeah. It's like having Doctor Who on a show and then not having them travel in time, which I know they did for a while, but yeah, that still. Yeah, like a year and a half, or yeah. two years they did that, but still. <laughs> like, what else are they going to do with him? Plus the whole fact that it's Arthur Davril basically playing a time-traveling, like a time lord, but not, you know, yeah. a time lord. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And never turning out to be the master, like all of pe- all those people kept saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not know. I still kind of miss him as the centurion. And I, I kind of like seeing him get out of the out of the TARDIS. Could they just kind of like and make an homage to the TARDIS and make the time traveling devicey thingy TARDIS TARDIS ish? I I think that'd be cute. But Knowing these guys, I'm sure they'll thing. throw a reference in there, but I I'm doubt sure. they'll uh, they'll have like a full on TARDIS in the show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. It'd um, be fun. But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting too because this uh, this is going to be if it is what we think it is, this is going to be a really FX heavy show because you've got. Even you've got time travel, so you've got to go to different like eras and time periods and stuff. You've got the Atom, who in this universe is basically Iron Man. You've got Firestorm, whose power is is are he's on fire all the time. You got mm-hmm. Hot Girl, so you got to do the giant wings like every episode. Um, like there's a lot they're gonna do. This, if if they're really doing this, it's gonna be one of the most expensive shows that CW's ever put out, which is gonna be really interesting to see. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to pull off the whole time travel graphic, if it's going to be, like, here and there, like, instant, or if they're going to do something more like um, Stargate, where, you know, it's actual, like, a tube, and you kind of see, like, an animation of them traveling through a tube, or a tube of, like, liquid or something. It'd be interesting to see how they carry that out. Yeah. It's just going to be really interesting to see what this is. Like, I've... I've never known less and yet wanted to know like i yeah it's one of the like they've uh, the way they've announced everything for this show has been such a um kind of mind fuck because it's like first the first thing was like wait sarah's in the show how are you going to do that then it's like wait rip hunters it's a time travel show how are you going to do that yeah this is the thing that that i like we know nothing about the show itself other than it's a spin-off of flash and arrow okay that's great what else do we know? Nothing. Yeah. And, so, and they're just like, and here's who's going to be in it. And they're throwing out all these names. There's like seven people or something that they've named already. Yeah. And including like like yeah. Captain Cold, uh, Heat Wave, Ray Palmer. Um, yeah. Like Firestorm. And this is how so, they get you guys on the hook. They've, yeah. It's, it's just like they're basically like, this is all the, there's all these characters are going to be in this thing. And we're like, what, well, what, what actually is the show? We don't fucking know yet. Here's everybody who's going to be in it, though. Tell you. Surprise. It's, inter- it's interesting that to think that this show is going to be probably the point where the Arrow universe goes full crazy. Because, like, the Arrow universe started really grounded. And then, like, when they added the Flash, they were like, okay, now there's people with superpowers. Oh, and this season they've been like, and there's magic. Yeah. And on the Flash, they're doing time travel on the Speed Force. So we're just gonna keep ramping this up They're until just we get easing to you into a group it. of living and dead time traveling heroes. Well, traveling my question is, shit. 
my question is, is anyone worried whether or not this is going to kind of cause the whole CWDC universe to jump the shark? I mean, because if you throw too much, you could conceivably just overload the system and then, you know, the whole thing jumps the shark and tanks. You know, it's I a valid would think worry. that if it wasn't... It's, it's a valid worry. I would think that if it wasn't for Smallville. Because Smallville was terrible when it was grounded, and it started to get really good when it started to go crazy. Hmm. Okay, That's I interesting. That, that is yeah. an interesting point. Um, so, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't personally follow Arrow. I watched season one, and it was cool, but I never really got into it. I haven't watched any of, any of um, The Flash. Cause oh, I, dude, you got to watch The Flash. I don't mind. Stop like, you right there. You gotta watch the Flash, and you should watch yeah. Arrow too. Arrow gets really good, but the Flash is such a good show that it's making Arrow and Agents of Shield worse. Okay. <laughs> like I watch I'll all three of them the once a week, and like every every time I watch the Flash, I'm like, man, this show is so good. Now I have to go watch people be like sad at walls. For <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's the great thing about Flash is that they've basically just said, you know, it's kind of it's it's okay to be happy. About having superpowers and like fighting crimes and you know being a comic book show, you don't have to be morose and struggling and oh, what am I gonna do? Yeah. And and soap opera drama about my relationships or whatever. Mm. And they've got some of the soap opera scenes, relationship drama, but they like the people are adults about it. Like on even on Arrow, which is run by the same people, like people will go for days without telling each other anything. And on the Flash, if there's a problem, they're like. Yeah, this is what's going on, guys. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. As far as DC Comics go, I've only really gotten into Batman. Batman's been, like, my only real DC hero. I never really got heavily into the DC and Marvel Comics world just because I preferred the grittier Vertigo stuff and some of what, some of what Image is putting out now. But I'll give I'll give the Flash a look over. Since I haven't watched it yet, I'll give it a look over. I mean, the cast is good, and the ratings are awesome. The reviews are damn good so yeah. i i will it's, i will bow to consensus and i will i will try to binge watch it is it, is it on netflix or do i have to watch it all on hulu it's on um i don't think it's on hulu, netflix yet the, it's nothing's on netflix yet the last five episodes are on hulu um there are other ways to watch the show <laughs> yeah um but uh, uh nothing nothing legal as okay yet. yeah um yeah, the thing that really yeah. sells the Flash for me is um, uh, the relationship between uh, Barry Allen and his adopted father, uh, who's played by the guy from Law and Order, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, and Jesse, Jesse L. Martin. Jesse L. Martin. There you go. The two of so them good. are so good. Like, so good. Just, they uh, most times father son relationships on teen shows like that, or mother daughter relationships, or mother son relationships, don't they still feel like two actors acting at each other? Those two guys, like, I feel like they've known each other their entire lives. I feel like they're, like, best friends and father and son. And, like, it's just, it's, I don't know what it is about their chemistry, but it works so fucking well. I, th I think a huge part of it is just, like, Jesse Martin is so good. Like, he's he so likable. And every time he's on the screen, he's talking to him. He's I was like, he really cares about that guy. Like, yeah. he wants what's best for him. And they write him in such a way that he's not, like... There's always a danger on comic book shows, uh, especially because he's a cop, that there's going to be this weird antagonistic thing, or like, you know, I fucking hate the Flash, he's a meddler, rah, you know? You mean like an and, arrow? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they got over that really quickly, where in the beginning he was like, you know, oh, this Flash guy. And then he was like, you know, I think this guy's trying to help out. And then, you know, eventually they they get to a point where, you know, they know each other, what's going on, he's the Flash or whatever. And I love like, that he, they did he that talks with to like all a son. the cops in the show, too. Like, there's there was like an episode or two where they were like, maybe the Flash is a bad guy. And then the most recent episode, like, the police chief was like, Joe, you need to contact the Flash right now. Yeah, he's <laughs> been a couple of times. Jesse L. Martin, who plays Joe West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a great. Oh, yeah. He's so oh, good. Oh, okay. Now I know who you're talking about. That dude was on the OG Law and Order. He's badass. Yeah, he's great. I I like I like uh, the fact that they cast Tom Cavanaugh. I, I love Tom when he did his guest bits and Scrub yeah. as JD's brother, um, JD's dysfunctional brother. But I mean. Oh, dude, Tom Cavanaugh on this show is so good, too. Yeah. He, he, play, he plays a character that you... Uh, that's Dr. Wells, right? Yeah. Yeah, he plays a character yeah. that you wouldn't... You don't I, know I, I don't want to say is. anything about his character, but he makes you love him or hate him depending on the scene. Like, in the, yeah. in the most recent episodes, he played basically the same scene twice, but did it in a subtly different way each time, and the first time you're fucking terrified of him. And the second time you're like, I want that man to be my father. Like, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> yeah, the, so the, the writing is really strong. No. Yeah, kind of. He is and he isn't. Like, that's the trick of him. His character is so complicated and deep that you can't even describe him to people who don't watch the show. Okay. Yeah. Not even if you have a grounding in archetypal in archetypal character creation. He's throwing the archetypes out the window, they, bro. Yeah. That's why you've got to watch the show. <laughs> it's right. just fascinating cuz he is he is the mentor, but he also, you know, there's there's so many layers of like is he also his nemesis? Is he not his nemesis? Is he like it's just it's you can't, right? Like yeah. you can't if you just start talking about it, you will spoil like 18 episodes worth of, of build-up. Okay, I may have to wait for this to actually show up on Netflix because I'm not going to want to jump in midway and some of the other methods I'm worried about ruining my computers. So, uh, yeah. uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk offline yeah. about um, certain things that you can do to help yourself, like of course. Plus. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> We do not promote in any way illegal things. We want to support. No, them. absolutely not. And you should never run AdBlock on the Ace of Geeks website because oh, God. they like us and want us to continue. Uh, exactly. We, Mark, we do this. We do this on our. Are you time. running AdBlock on the Ace of Geeks website, Mark? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that furious clicking I hear you turning off AdBlock on the Ace of Geeks website? No, I never go there. I think we need to put Mark Boo in the Boo box. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then we will all just walk around him, sit, chanting "I pity the foo" over and over. Yeah, uh, that uh, the the question is: Are we going to put scorpions in the boo box with Mark? That's the real question. Are we going to put scorpions, or are we going to put the character scorpion? Ooh, now which that can scorpion? be that can be even better, depending on which finisher he uses. But then we have to put a camera in there so we can actually see it. Ah, uh, Mortal Kombat and... scorpion. Yes, yes. The I thought maybe uh, you know the old Spider-Man villain. Oh, yeah, the Spider-Man villain the Scorpion, too, but you'd probably just beat him up. <laughs> Most Spider-Man villains are really lame. <laughs> He's scary, though. He has a big suit with a giant whip tail and shoots stuff. Yeah, but I imagine if we put him in a box with you, you'd just, like, hug him, and he wouldn't be able to use the tail. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they always kind of portray him as a meathead, just as kind of roided out meathead who has a giant tail with a stinger on it. You know, yeah. not very intelligent. 
Very few of Spider-Man's villains are intelligent. I think they did that on purpose to make the ones I who were intelligent so. seem more special. Like, you know, make the Goblin and the Vulture and uh, Mysterio seem much more threatening than, say, the Rhino and Scorpion. And Spider-Man can just say, hey, look at this, look at this tiny red thing, run into this. Oh, you fell into a sewer. <laughs> so if it's Mortal Kombat, Scorpion, I'm... You know, in some ways, I'm actually less afraid of the Mortal Kombat characters because, judging by the fatalities, those guys are all just made of Play-Doh. Like, yes. <laughs> you could just pull people's heads off like it ain't no thing, right? <laughs> like, a... just boop, and that guy's head's off. What? And his <laughs> spine came with it. You can you a, have to um, really pull to uh, get my head off. There's a special move in the new game where one of the characters shoots two arrows into the other guy's eyes, grabs the arrows, and slams his and, face onto yeah. the ground. And he's fine and ready to fight in two seconds later. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, but that's not how that works. <laughs> Again, this is Mortal Kombat, so real physics and trauma damage just go out the window. Yeah. Was Deadpool ever in Mortal Kombat? Because if he not, should be. he should be. Dead they did the whole DC exactly. Mortal Kombat okay, crossover, though. That didn't... They did. That did not work. Not so much. Mostly because they couldn't actually do fatalities. <laughs> so none of the Mortal Kombat characters had anything to do. It's true. Mortal Kombat without fatalities. Yeah. What's the point? They did come up with an awesome fatality for the Joker in that game they weren't able to use. Um, but they ended up using it again in Mortal Kombat 9 for Shang Tsung. But it was... Uh, uh, Joker pulled out a gun, pointed it at the other guy's face, pulled the trigger, and the little bang flag came out. <laughs> and he just started laughing hysterically while he pulled out a real gun and shot him in the face. Right. Why couldn't they use that in the game? Because <laughs> uh, they decided they couldn't use any fatalities or violence in the game. Oh, that just it was, ruined it. Was yeah, which uh, I guess, but then those guys made up for it when they came back and made Injustice because that was a fucking awesome DC fighting. Oh yeah, game. so good. See, DC fighting game. We ended up back at DC, even with that weird tangent that we went we off with Mortal Kombat and whatever. This. We're you know back who would to make Rip a Hunter. Great character in a DC fighting game, Rip Hunter. <laughs> his, his special move is he goes back in time and kills you as a baby. <laughs> His fatality is he comes back and he shoots your parents in front of you. <laughs> and then, and then you disappear. Batman. You become... Every character in the game becomes Batman. <laughs> Wonder Woman, Terrible. Batman. Superman, Batman. Green Arrow, he already kind of was Batman. I, is it me or, I think the problem I have with Arrow is that he's like another Batman who's not nearly as cool as Batman. It's, it's it's very much problem. a Batman analog. It, I mean, you can yeah. tell at some you can tell. they, really they wanted clearly, to make a Batman show. Clearly, they wanted to make Batman Superman shows, and they didn't have them, and so you end up with Arrow and Flash. But what's good about it is that, that it happen? allows them to do more things. I think because if you were doing a Batman show, the you couldn't do anything without the fanboys rioting. Like yeah. you, if you had Batman pining over a girl on a TV show. Everybody would be fucking flipping tables Aww, and screaming. Mopey Batman. Uh, but you could do it with Green Arrow. Because well, no one gives Batman. a shit. Yeah, it's true, but I mean, like, you but know. That's it, and, right? Yeah. Her, Talia, that's it. And, like, even if they did that, Batman would still. Like, if they did a CW show where Batman was, like, upset because he couldn't be with Catwoman. Instead of just like moving on and punching the Joker in the face, like fanboys would start screaming just oh, immediately. Probably right. Yeah, it's so. kind of obvious, but yeah. It, it, mind it's you, mind you, what they did instead was Gotham. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Which you know, 
I had high hopes for that show. That show could have been great. If that show was about Gotham PD doing awesome now. Gotham PD things, yeah. I would be so down. But that show is about how Jim Gordon somehow meets baby versions of Batman's villains every week. And that makes me want to scream. <laughs> it's, I, I it's admit so... I haven't watched much of the show. I quit the pilot when they got to Poison Ivy showing up. I was like, nope, that's too many. I watched, I watched three, I think, maybe four. And I keep telling people this. I, I may have even said it before. I don't know if I said it here, but um, I got to an episode where they had a scene where the future penguin was brutally murdering somebody, I think with a shard of glass or something, in like a life or death struggle. It was like gritty and violent. He was like, Argh! and then the criminal of the week was a guy that was killing people with weather balloons. <laughs> oh yeah, and I was when just he, like, drop the dude no, yeah, no, he would he no, would tie them to the weather no. balloons. They would just go up in the air, and then their bodies would fall. You know, a couple days later, when the balloon ran out of uh, helium or whatever was in them, and Do I was you? just like, "This is on the same show. Like, this show is so schizophrenic." <laughs> somebody somebody once explained to me that the best way to look at Gotham, and I think I've mentioned this in the podcast once before too, but the best way to look at Gotham is a uh, gritty mm-hmm. reboot of the '60s Batman show. Yeah, uh, that's what I've yeah. heard too. Yeah. Although, now that I think about it, being killed by weather balloon would be a really interesting experience. Because, like, when you first get up there, you're just thinking, oh my god, oh my god, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But after, like, day two, you're probably pretty zen, you know? You're like, I wish I had a hamburger. But, you know, I've thought about my life a lot, and I've got some, you know, I've really come to a nice place of, oh, the balloon's popping, cool. Well, it's also how (laughs) high the weather balloon rises, because if it gets to a certain point, the air thins out, you get hypoxic, and you can't breathe... And conscious, you know, remaining conscious is an issue. And then, you know, you eventually freeze once you Unless get Unless you're Batman, point. in which case you could breathe in space. Well, right. yeah, but I'm Batman, man. Batman has that, help, that handy-dandy utility belt where he just pulls out an oxygen rebreather and smacks it on his face, and he's cool. <laughs> Batman, uh, he's cool. <laughs> he's That's that, the other that, tagline for the show. <laughs> Batman, he's right cool. There. David Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's not cool? What? Transphobic jokes. Hey, we made a segue. Hey, there's another one. Everyone run around the room. No, wait, don't. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, David, why don't you go ahead with your topic? So, so the, someone, on the, someone posted this on the Mary Sue, and it looks like, from what I can tell, it's a um, trans. Someone made a transgender joke in a in their sponsor tombstone. It would it would appear. Yeah. And it, so in the this is in the game Pillars of Eternity. In yeah. The, the game they uh, they allowed Kickstarter backers of the game to um, write memorials for their adventurers that would then be put on tombstones you could find in the game. Um, and uh, somebody basically wrote this. It, it's a limerick about a guy who um, finds out that this woman he was dating was actually a man, and so immediately kills himself in shame. It's yeah. just um, so dumb. So yeah, dumb. I, Mike, thank, thanks for explaining. I, I could not have done it better. Um, I, I, I really, I, since I picked this article, I felt it was right in my wheelhouse. Since you know, I wrote the swatting article, and this is kind of stuff that interests me a lot because I studied history and all this stuff, and I like politics. I, I, I really spent a lot of time agonizing over how I'd approach this, and part of me is, you know, the game is the game company is responsible for you know reading all of this and making sure that they're not that it's not offensive. It you know it's, yeah. it's a product they're mm-hmm. putting out, 
at the same time, the company is the company is kind of responsible. The company has to you know be responsible to its backers. And well, but the thing is, they said specifically um, in their apology letter that they worked with every backer to make sure that what they put in the game was not inappropriate. Yeah. So I'm like, how, how did, did you miss yeah. this one? And Maybe they. they it they had the guy the rewrite the tombstone as the apology, and the rewriting was like a limerick that was like, this dude died because everyone freaked out over a joke for no reason. Yeah. And so it was, I'm like, it was, it was kind of, it was, it was clearly just like, sorry, not sorry, petty sort of yeah. thing. But whatever, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, being a, a, a dick about the fact that something you thought was funny wasn't, yeah. Is way better than just you know another, yet another joke about oh yeah this person was trans yeah, yeah. No, and, and I think I think what it is, what it opens up to is a very very interesting you know precedent point where you know these crowdfunded games you know where you know companies couldn't effectively make games for a specific demographic of the gaming community and they have to be responsible to their backers is going to have to go back and go to their backers and say look this is inappropriate we missed this you need to fix this. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. then it opens up. And, you know, it... it well, because, I mean, the thing is, Kickstarters are going to be backed by the hardest of the hardcore gamers. And the hardest of the hardcore gamers fall into every breadth of gaming fan. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are gamer gators, unfortunately. Um, and so you're going to run into situations like this where <clears throat> if you open up content in your game to be completely fan-created you're going to open yourself to the kind of really toxic environments that we've been experiencing for the last, you know, what, how long has GamerBee been going on now? Like a year and a half? I don't even remember. It's It's been a long time. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the, been the, a while. The situation and the misogyny has been going on for, you know, 30 years, but the, the uh, war about it has been only been going on for, you know, however long since Adam Baldwin decided to be an asshole and give it a name. Um, <laughs> oh, Adam Baldwin. I think, you know, this also opens up an interesting culture point, you know, that we can tie to what's going on in Indiana with these laws. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was really thinking about this, and it seems like, you know, since the 80s, when the LGBTQ community started to come out more and more and more, and that culture became more prevalent in the 90s, you see the pride parades, they're all over the place. And it's great. It's great that these sub- that you know, more and more subcultures are are feeling more and feeling more and more able to come out. But at the same time, there are reactionaries who are reactionary conservatives who are drawing blood on a daily basis. You know, either by bullying kids. I mean, there there's the whole September's children incident. The web the, the website in reaction to it into that where it it will get better. And it just seems like one side has the ability to draw blood you know, through very passive and as well as active means. And, and, some, and, you know, it doesn't seem a lot's being done to combat that, especially in, concert in you know, states like Indiana or in the, up in the, mid, the north of the Midwest. And, you know, so events like this, especially in our community, are becoming more and more, are reported more and more, and they're becoming more and more vocalized. And I think we're coming to a cultural head where, you know, where the the ills that are the, the the cultural ills within our own small community are going to either be 
you know, people are just going to have to own up and either eradicate them or keep them keep their mouths shut, or the it's going to get a lot worse. And yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, that, it's interesting to see. The thing that I've been seeing, you know, a lot recently um, is a, a lot of people are now trying to fight back against you know the push towards being more socially aware with the name in the name of comedy and basically saying oh if you're saying we can't say this and we can't say that then i guess you're trying to say we can't make jokes anymore and it's like no the the point is that the slight inconvenience you have by having to think of a different joke or by having to use a different word is not as important as whether or not you're hurting other people's feelings I, whether or not you're hurting yeah. other people no like, i totally agree yeah it's like it, it, uh, it. A lot of people hide behind that, and they hide behind. Well, I didn't mean that as you know a joke to hurt people. And one of the things that I'm having to constantly explain to people is that your intent doesn't matter. Your actions matter. Yeah. Saying saying I didn't mean to hurt this person by using this slur or making this horrible joke or something like that. It, it doesn't change the fact that you did. And so then it's up to it's on you to fix it. It's not on them to not be offended. I've the, al I've always compared it to like you're in a movie theater, you know, it's dark, you're walking through the aisle, you accidentally step on someone's toe and they go, "Ow." If your response is to turn around and go, "Oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that." You're cool. If your response is like, "Fucking move your foot." Then you're an asshole. You're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. the same thing. It's like you it accidentally really stepped is. on someone's toes. It's your choice to be like, oh shit, I didn't mean to do that. My bad. Or to turn around and get defensive about it because like, oh, yeah. what are you attacking me for? I'm not attacking you. I said don't step on my toe, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the how hard is that? People, uh, I've actually stopped using the word offended entirely because so many people have now are now using that to mean um like uh What's what? How do I put it? People, when people say offended now, they don't mean someone was hurt by your words. They mean someone is angry, but I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's I I just throw the entire word out because it's utterly useless in conversation now. Because as soon as you say offended, people get in their minds like um you know senators clutching their Bibles and things like that. Um, it's but we've actually we're reaching a point now where especially in geek culture, which is why I'm so proud of, you know, our culture, we're, we're reaching out and trying to bridge these gaps. And there's a lot of people who are pushing back because they don't want to deal with the slight inconveniences to their lives of having to change minor things. But, you know, it, it's really important that because we're as geeks and nerds and whatever we are, we're banded together because we're outcasts. This whole sense. community came together because we were, you know, told we weren't okay to be, you know, it's, we're told it's not okay to uh, watch Power Rangers or to like Star Wars or, you know, you, you have, and we have to be an accepting group of people. We can't be an exclusionary group of people. We can't be gatekeepers because otherwise, what the fuck is the point of coming together in the first place? I would agree. Like, why do we, go ahead. I'd agree up to a point because if you look at our day and age now, I mean, I, I, you could argue that geeks now are, you know, the the top culture. You know, we're not, you know, we're not superstar athletes, but you know, more and more Twitch feeds are growing in popularity. Esports are becoming a norm, and you know, it is the age of the geek in, in technology. And that... I hear that that argument a lot, and and I understand where it comes from because to people who you know, like you and I, who grew up when geeks were not as mainstream. 
uh, it's still, it seems like, oh, you know, we've won. Comic-Con is covered on major news. But if you go into, um, like, say, my job, I work at a place where, um, uh, you know, I work in an action sports company. So everybody I work with is what you would consider mainstream. They're, they're you know, very nice people, but they're bros and athletes and, you know, and you if you talk to those people at all about anything that we like, their eyes immediately get this look like, why the fuck are you talking to me about this? This is not okay. I like mean, it's still not it's still not accepted. We're we're getting yeah. more mainstream, but the the fact that that w- the people want to say, oh, the fight's over, nerd culture is over, we're just mainstream now. I don't think that's true. Oh, I'm not saying no, that it's... either. I'm not saying that either. My point is is that our culture our culture is no longer an oppressed. It's not a fully oppressed subculture. There are. We are more a oh, yeah. culture unto itself, and then there are subcultures within our own subculture that are not, you know, that are not accepted, are not understood. I mean, oh, furries, I yeah. furries yeah, are an example now. where it's like yep. you, you mentioned. You say a furry, a lot of people don't know what that is, and when they find out, they kind of mock it and they don't get it. But yep. it's bronies are another good example. Bronies are another good example. But my point is, is that you know within. Our culture, because we have, the, we are more high profile now. Because we are, you know, we're we are being covered on mainstream. That we can no longer be insular. We can no longer yeah. high, mm-hmm. hold these feelings that oh, we're going to be reactionary and you know very very set in our ways and you know want to do things our way because we are a subculture, a maligned subculture. We're not anymore. We are a we are one of the three. No, not one of the many dominant cultures. Uh, well, or not cultures, but you know. Um, cultures within society and um, we have to own that and we have to bring ourselves in line as far as how accepting we are of other people's beliefs their you know how they want to live their lives and we cannot ostracize within our There's, own I agree. That's, that's, I think cutting than, that's cutting our legs off at the knees yeah. yeah I think even more than bringing ourselves in line I think it's our responsibility to be an example I think yeah. we can be the best subculture. I have always that. said that um, the people who were the ones who used to be oppressed or you know made fun of or whatever should be the ones who are able to look at what they're doing and say, "Hmm, I remember how this felt. I am gonna f- I am gonna use that personal experience that I had to treat other people better." Yes. And the reality is, is that. Um, as much as we should be that way, it's hard for some people. Because I know there's there's a bunch of people out there who probably got into being geeks and stuff because, you know, they liked Star Trek or comics or whatever, but they banded together as like, oh, at least if there's a group of us, we can't get picked on by the jocks so much anymore. And so there's a lot of people probably who are still emotionally uh, damaged yeah. from the Ooh. kind of bullying and stuff that they went through. I know and I am. I, I get it, right? Like, it's... It it happened, and it, but they need to they need to start to work on. Okay, so yeah, I remember how that was. I cannot do that. I I like shit doesn't have to roll downhill. We well, should well, be think, better. I think what happens is a lot of people um, it, when you are constantly confronted by an authority that you know pushes you down and treats you badly. There's two ways to respond. There's the way to respond that you know I try to do which is to um try to be better than that try and you know if you put you find yourself in authority to try and you know treat other people the way you feel they should be treated there's exactly. the other group that i think responds by saying 
well, if that's the way I was treated, that's the way, that's the right way to treat people. Right. And, like, that's, you know, it's it's kind of like still wanting to be one of the cool kids, you know, in a weird kind of twisted way. Like, you you know, these geeks look at the way they were treated and think, and are still thinking, oh, maybe if, you know, I beat up on this girl who's trying, not beat up literally, but beat up on this girl who's trying to, uh, uh, get into gaming, then maybe the uh, the jocks will finally accept me on the football team. It's, I, I yeah. think in a, in a twisted way, that, that's right. You know, that's there's definitely that mentality. I mean, it, I, in my case, I was teased a lot, and I going back and looking at it, I definitely did not help my case in some ways. But, um, you know, I was never, I never played D&D. I was, I was a hybrid. I, I was a jock. I ran. I did sports. I did all those things. But I was also a nerd, and I had friends who did the same exact things. So I didn't exactly face a some of the same issues that other people did. But I think, you know, when it comes down to it, what we have to do as, you know, geeks within our own subculture is we're going to have to own that fact that we are, people will not always understand us, our likes, our dislikes, our preferences, and that when it comes down to it, you know, as children, we're going to have to grow up a little more, a little faster Mm -hmm. to realize Mm -hmm. that, you know, we're going to have to nut up and accept who we are, except that not everyone's going to accept us, except that the world's not all sunshine and rainbows and teddy bears, and that there is fear, anger, and frustration, and we have to own that, but in owning that, we don't internalize it. We grow up, we learn to be better people, and we learn to accept everyone for who they are, because then we're breaking that cycle, and that's the whole point. We need to break that cycle of frustration and anger that we feel pointed at us, and literally say, this cannot break me. And it's a hard yep. thing to do. It, it, takes, yeah. it took me it's, years to realize this. Like, I went yeah. through several it's not renaissances. A switch. Yeah. No, I, I went through like five renaissances from, high, from end of high school through college to who I am now and being able to accept everything about myself. You know, and that's part of what college is. You know, it's, it's just we have to give our, give our youth within our culture and, you know, give them that hope and that chance to get to those crucible points where they do find who they are and grow into, you know, rational, mature adults. But, you know, yeah. incidents like swatting, you know, they, they, they kind of leech hope from that, from that potential for human growth and the idea that calling the cops on someone for frivolous fun is, go, is, is acceptable because it's not. And someone could get hurt and get killed. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. well, that's, me that, off. that's the thing with, like, you know, I think... Um, on our side of the aisle where people are, you know, trying to, uh, you know, fight to make the world a better place and all that, there's a lot of, um, dismissing of people who are, you know, not at that emotionally mature point yet where they can, they can realize these problems with themselves and try and fix them. And I think that's, that's very unhelpful too. I think the way that you can fix Mm -hmm. this is you can, is you have to try and reach across and you have to try and reach out and educate these people and not in a condescending way just try and help them understand why what they're doing is a problem like the guy who wrote that transphobic joke and then wrote that really awful um you know non-apology i think could like he didn't really learn anything from that as much as much as it was good the joke got taken out of the game just based entirely on what he wrote instead you can see that he his his response was to fold his arms and say well hmm and yeah. I think, you know, somebody, not that we'll ever know who that guy is, but I think it would be really helpful for somebody to reach out to him and say, look, nobody's saying you're a bad person, but you were taught something wrong, and let me help you understand why it's wrong and how to fix it. 
I, you know, it's, it's, it's not quite parenting, but it, it's policing social mores within our own culture. Yeah. And I, I it's think, just being a good person. Yeah. But ultimately, like, <laughs> it does just come down to that. But, you know, part it's of, amazing how much work you have to do to be a good person. It's not, yeah, it, it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. But I mean, the other thing is, it's like, it's the way, the, it's the way possibly that the community reacted, um, like the Mary Sue reacted, and maybe the way the LGBTQ community. It, it seems to me, and they have every right to kind of be on edge, like I said yeah. before, the other side is drawing blood daily. And. You know, they have every right to be on edge and to kind of react. But mm-hmm. overreacting to situations like this in, in, in just like that swarm in like in swarm mode, in siege mentality, it doesn't help your cause. The problem with, with that is, though, um, the three of us having this conversation right now are, uh, and forgive me if I'm making a false assumption here, but we're all straight white dudes. Yeah. Um, and Mostly white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, it's, it's easy for us who have never been in the situation to say, oh, well, you need to calm your shit down and you need to not use that tone. And like doing that kind of tone policing is just as harmful as, as like, that's not our place. No, it's, it's our, not our, our place. Is, our place as allies to that kind of cause is to be the people who take the, the, the people who've screwed up aside and say, look, here's what you messed up and here's why. Because unfortunately, they'll listen to us, and they're not going to listen to anybody else. Mm-hmm. I agree, um, but you know, we, I'm not trying to be a tone police. I'm just saying that you know, this guy, his his, his retraction and then his change, you know, it's, it's literally him crossing his arms and saying, "Well, I'm not going to fucking listen to you anyways." I mean, yeah. it's it's because he felt attacked that he that right. he oh, yeah, crossed his sure. arms and turtled, and yeah. it, it's it's that's the issue. It's because of that siege mentality and that swarm attack mentality that it drives that, that it, it, you get that reaction. The and problem is that there's no way true, to, the, like a siege, yeah, how do you balance swarm that, attack. Right? Yeah. Cause like the Mary Sue posted that article and they absolutely had every right to post that article. I'm glad they did. And then everybody who saw that article on Twitter, who believed a certain way posted their genuine, honest reaction. Yeah. And if they're genuine, if all of their genuine, honest reaction is Holy fuck, what the hell? then you're right, it is going to look like a swarm of people all screaming at this one guy. But we can't say to those people, like, don't react. Um, because yeah. that's not going to that's not gonna solve there's, anything Well, either. there's no way to do it, because there's no, there's no, like, there's no unified point of, like... Cohesion. There's no, we don't have a president or a prime minister of, <laughs> of, of, of like, the social justice warriors. Yeah, we, well, we Which I wish we, we did, because I would so want to be, like, I don't know, emperor social justice or some shit. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But there's no, there's no way of doing that. And so people just kind of have to react the way they could react. And as long as you're stepping in and saying like, okay, you know, don't tell this person that you're going to do horrible, violent things to them or something like that. Yeah. There's really don't... not much you can do when there's just this critical mass of people who will build up and then talk about this stuff. And it's, it's hard because that's what happens to make the whole Gamergate versus, you know, everybody else kind of thing is that there's enough people on both sides who are just sort of really angry about yeah. things that it becomes like a, a self-sustaining cycle of just anger going both both ways. I agree. Yeah. But it's, it's weird because it's like you can condemn, you know, Gamergators for saying all the horrible, like, rape threats and violence threats that they said. But then when somebody on our side... And should. Yeah, we, we do. Oh, we do. But then when somebody on our side turns around and says, like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill that guy, 
Mm. Yeah, like it's like you can't say no, that, stop but that. you have the right to say that. And I don't want to tone police you, and my brain hurts. <laughs> so here's here's my point though. I um, I studied history. I went to grad school. I learned you know critical analysis, how to write, and how to form thoughts on opinions and documents and things like that. So like on Facebook, um, I have a lot of friends who are posting a lot of social justice posts, and I may or may not agree, or I may I may have an opinion, but I always stop before I type. I stop and think, and I say, yeah. is this going to help? Is this just going to fan the flames? And mm-hmm. I have stopped myself from posting, like on immediate reactions to things. Other things, I'll just repost the article. I'll just copy. I'll just you know share the article, and that's just my way of responding. If I feel that person's opinion is off, I will take twenty minutes to think about what I'm going to say, and literally type it out, reread it, and change it yep. if I think it's inflammatory. I think part. I think the issue is we're not you know as individuals we can do that. But again, this is siege mentality. This is swarm logic. This is a per. What, what's the other thing? A person is rational. People are irrational and not intelligent. <laughs> Thank and you, Tommy Lee Jones. That's what this is. I'm not saying people are yeah. dumb. I'm saying in a crowd, mob yeah. mentality wins. Mob mentality kicks in. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like it, you're right. The world would be a better place if everybody just you know took a second and thought about what they were writing. The problem is, again, I have a lot of trouble with saying like people's reaction to the transphobic joke shouldn't have been what it was because it's really hard to say you know you people who have experienced all of this oppression for something that i've never experienced you shouldn't be talking that way you should be nicer about this like it's it's really hard for me to be okay with saying that and i understand where you're coming from and i understand why like i I think you're right i think you're right that definitely like you know i i think that it's it's better to educate than it is to attack but i also never want to say you shouldn't react that way because i think they have every fucking right to react that way i, agree. I think I'm, as a, I'm not saying that i'm just yeah i know i, I'm just I think saying. as a blanket just, statement you can just say that the world would be a lot better place if people a listened more instead of just talking yes. b took a minute just before you react to anything and think about why why am i yeah. fucking like i really want to punch this guy now why do i want to punch this guy you know like cuz sometimes there's valid reasons to want to yeah. punch somebody and sometimes the reason is like you know what something's wrong with you you should see to that yourself yes yeah cuz the world is you know like and the even world the case... is not a the world is not just right yes. it's our job to make it that way yes absolutely I, and I think agree. I think that's a great spot to end our hour-long talk here. Uh, guys, thank you. That was, once again, two bits of utter fluff and then one really fascinating discussion at the end. <laughs> I think that's our format now. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, I'll gladly be a part of that. I'm, I love this. I, I'll do, I'll, yeah. I'm glad to contribute. This is awesome. Um, I... Thank you, everyone, for listening in to Episode 5 of the Geekly Roundup Podcast. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do that at A-C-E-O-F-G-E-E-K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-E at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail.com. Mark, what are our social media? Oh, God. It's, uh, <laughs> Facebook, Ace of Geeks Podcast. Uh, Twitter, at Ace of Geeks. Also, Instagram is at Ace of Geeks. Tumblr is aceofgeeks.tumblr.com. The blog is aceofgeeks.blogspot.com. And Google+, which is still a thing, the Ace of Geeks. 
Dude, I am fucking impressed. I did not expect you to remember that from last <laughs> week. I had it up in front of me because I was like, this motherfucker's going to try some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike right. tried to spring Mike. his evil plan and it didn't work. <laughs> Make sure you visit the blog to see all the other news items we didn't talk about for this, this week's Geekly Roundup, and we will see you next week. Thank you guys very much. Thank Woo. you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.